Well, hey, cool. Grab a seat. Um, if it is, if you're going to be a sophomore next year, where you at? Sophomores next year. How about uh, if you're going to be a junior, an upperclassman next year, where you at? Yeah. How about if you're going to be a senior in the house? It's all done. Thank you, Wes. How about uh, if you're graduated? Yeah, already. Cool. How about if you're not going back to school next year because you quit? Anybody? Sweet. It's good. It's all good. I'm trying to look around and see how many familiar faces there is. Good to see some of you boyfriends and girlfriends are still together sitting by each other. Good to see that some of you smiling faces now have facial hair since the last time I've been here. Guys, that is. Ladies, if you did, I wouldn't say that anyway. So uh, it's all good. Hey, listen, listen. Shh. This is big. My deal is I talk fast, you listen fast, we get done fast, what doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. But uh, I had a great time with some of you guys in Guatemala, where you at? Guatemala, uh, a couple of weeks back, teaching them about Jesus and trying to help them not die in Guatemala. It was a cool deal, and we had a great time. If you got your Bibles, we're going to be in James chapter 5. If not, take your notes. Everybody needs to hold their notes up because you need to see these passages where we're going to be at. James chapter 5 is where we're at, or... Or, or for all you fans of bulletins, the back of the bulletin, uh, you're the man. Cool. All right, let me tell you about, I'll confess something, and I want to tell you about a guy, uh, and his name is Phil. And Phil was, uh, I've got to be honest, was the coolest guy at that point in my life when I met him that I'd ever met. Phil was one of those dudes who, uh, he, he had his own personality, he was distinctly different than everybody, but he was also kind of altogether the same, if you know what I'm saying. He kind of walked to the beat of his own drummer, but he didn't have to try to be weird. He was just cool. You know where I'm tracking here. He didn't have to work at being kind of like out there. It just was, he was just different. He was cool. He was happening. It was all good. Phil was one of those dudes, uh, the girls liked him and the guys wanted to be him. And, and, and Phil, the clothes that he had, they were cool, but he didn't try to be cool. And the look and the image that he had was just cool, but he wasn't working at it. He was great at sports, but the ladies loved him because he was a great musician. He could play any instrument, but he could also beat all us guys at any sport you named. He had, like, the coolest stuff. He had, like, the coolest, like, um, all-terrain vehicles. I don't know what you like, four-wheelers, dirt bikes. I don't know if any of you guys are into that type deal. But he had, like, that stuff before any of the rest of us had that stuff, Okay. But he also was like the greatest gamer at the time, and all we had was Nintendo and Duck Hunt, but he was good at that, okay? Now, hold on. He was good at that. And this was Phil. He was an outdoorsman. He, here, I'll be honest with you. He was like, if you can be real, and some of you guys will go, man, come on. But if, you've, if you ever had a man crush, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that dude is cool, and I want to be him, you know? Phil was that, and here's the deal. shh. We were only in sixth grade, okay? And Phil was like new to school, and I met him. I'm like, that dude is cool. But I couldn't say he was cool because it wasn't cool to say somebody else was cool. But he was the man. And, and here, here's the thought, just for a second, for all you fans of me saying here's the thought. Here's where we're at tonight, yeah. Uh, at, the end, at the end of the day, there we go, another one of the Jason Britisms. The thing I loved about Phil was that he was just his own guy. And for a second, 
I want to kind of walk down, if you've read it, you probably haven't, but I want to walk down a road that's a little different, and I want to go somewhere, and it's the idea of, of materialism, and everybody hears that and goes, well, yeah, that's just like liking stuff. What does that have to do with your story? And when you think of materialism, when you think of greeting, when you think of all this kind of stuff, it's about like uh, the, the, just wanting stuff, the more stuff. And that's really the bland, basic answer that we'd all go, whoever's rich and has all this stuff, well, we consider them materialistic. But I think there's an inward, deeper kind of state of mind to it. And in a consumer society, we just, here's the deal. As teenagers, we, all, we just often go, well, that person has all this stuff and acts this way, so they're materialistic. They want stuff. They're all about stuff, and their possessions define them. And that's what we think. But I think there's a whole different, uh, whole, different meaning than we see. But we know consumerism, and if you've been at 12 Stone for a while, we even kind of did a parody on consumerism. And when you live in a society, and you're a teenager, and you live in a culture based everything on consumer and buying and getting of stuff, it's tough at times, whether you would admit it or not, not to be that. But if we just take this kind of huge, uh, kind of eagle's eye, obtuse view of materialism, then I think we miss the whole insight James is about to give us. Because I would argue that it's a state of mind. That it's the idea, it's the thought of an obsession with getting something or having something that we don't yet have. And, and, and materialism, just as in stuff, is very much an elementary understanding of what it gets at at the heart of it. So here we go. If you got your scripture, take this. James 5, 1 through 6. And here's what I know, James, the book of James, as Anson's talked through it, this group of believers were great at saying, well, this is what I believe. Here's what I know high school students are great at saying, college students and adults, they're great at saying, this is what I believe. And, and I love what Kevin says. He says that you can almost always not listen to what anybody says they believe. You have to look at how they behave. Because we're quick to go, well, I believe this. Well, not really, because you behave that. And so the book of James has been eaten up with that. And as he's written to this church and this group of believers, it's been faith and deeds. It's been how you treat other people. It's been caring after the widow and the orphan. It's been pure religion is this. And they're saying, well, we believe that. And he going, no, not really, because you behave that. And then he gets to this kind of at the core of what it means to materialism, to be greedy, to, to be wantful. And he presses in and says this. Now listen, it's the second passage down on your notes, not the first one. You rich people, weep and well because of the misery that's coming to you. Your wealth is rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. The corrosion, the corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You've hoarded wealth in the last days. The wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvest, harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You've lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You've fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You've condemned and murdered innocent men who are not opposing you. This isn't James writing a little cute love letter. This is, this is him being tough. Look at how the message puts it, a paraphrase of it. And a final word to you, arrogant rich. Take some lessons in lament or in remembrance. You'll need buckets for the tears when the crash comes upon you. Your money is corrupt and your fine clothes stinks. Your greedy luxuries are a cancer in your gut, destroying your life from within. You thought you were piling up wealth, but what you were piling up was judgment. All the workers that you've exploited and, cheat and cheated cry out for judgment against you. The groan of the workers... 
you used and abused are in a roar in the ears of the master avenger. Speaking of God, you looted the earth and lived it up, but all you have to show for it is a fatter than usual corpse. You're dead and you're fat and nobody cares is what James is saying there. That's not nice and we'll just throw that out there. In fact, what you've done is condemn and murder perfectly good persons who stand there and take it. And here's what James is saying. If you didn't get it in those two passages, here's a quick thing. He's saying this. Listen, you're going to get what's coming to you. So what you have in the possessions and the wealth that you've attained, enjoy it because that's all you're getting. That's all you got. I hope that fills you. I hope that gives you something because that's all you've got. Then he uses the word rot. I mean, come on. Something rots when you don't use it. It just kind of sits there and gets nasty. You know, it just, I mean, in my car, Carson will drop my little two-year-old. He'll drop stuff everywhere. And there's a rotten banana behind one seat and it's nasty. And there's a rotten something behind the other seat. And there's grape juice with mold in it behind one seat. And it just sits there and he hadn't eaten it and we haven't cleaned the car out. And it's a week later and it's just a dead rot. And that's what he's saying. Listen, all this wealth, the stuff that you've attained is going to rot. It's not going to be much to it. And then he goes, and it's going to corrode. It's going to fade off. It doesn't even last. And then he says this, you've, you've began to take advantage and cheat and manipulate other people because of your wealth and because of your understanding. And here, they're going to come back and get you. And I'm watching and I'm on the side of the oppressed and the marginalized that you've used to attain what you have. And then he says this, what you got is all you got, so that's your reward. So whatever you have and whatever you own, this is what James is saying. Enjoy it because that's what you're getting. The best you're ever going to have is what you have now if your value is just in what you've got and what you've earned and what you possess. So it's tough. Now here's what I would do if I'm you. If this is a message about materialism, most of us would go, dude, I know people who are materialistic and greedy, and that's just not me. First of all, I'm a high school student. I don't have that much money. Second of all, I can't get convinced my parents to buy me anything more. Some of you are going, my gosh, they buy me everything. I guess that is me. Okay, you, that's cool. That probably is you. That's some of us. That's okay. We still love you. If you can get them to buy it, make them. One day, maybe you'll pay them back. But all that to say, if I'm sitting in your seat, because if you're talking to adults, people who make like a paycheck, and not that you don't make paychecks, but you know what I'm saying, like make a paycheck and have a living and, and like pay, t materialism and greed is a whole different thing at that level than it is at a, at a teenage level. But if you're quick to go, well, that's not me. I'm not all about stuff and possessions. Hold on a second. Because materialism, remember we said it's a state of mind. It's, it's an obsession with the having of or getting something you don't have. And at the core, it's the obsession of possessions. But what if it was this? I was writing down some things. What if it was what we are materialistic about is the image that we have? The popularity, listen, that we want the acceptance from something or somebody that we long for. That is what our obsession is. That is what we're fixated on. You see, if we would say, no, 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 I'm not the richest guy. I don't have the most stuff and that person has more. And so this message doesn't really apply to me. If we just see materialism as stuff, yeah, okay, maybe. Some of you it does. And all of us at one time or another, compared to the world in general, are materialistic because we lived in America and are blessed. And sometimes we take those blessings and use it for more or, or use it for our own gain. And here's the deal. But if it's a look or image that eludes you, 
It's an acceptance that we long for. It's a popularity that we don't have. It's an image or this perception about ourselves that we're trying to create. And in some form, materialism may be obvious in the stuff that you have, but it's also not so obvious in the way that you perceive yourself or want others to perceive you and the work that you put into them perceiving you that way, seeing you that way, the image, the personality that you create for yourself. And so maybe, look at me, you're not guilty of going, I've got stuff, I've got stuff, I've got stuff, I've got stuff. Even though we live what we saw in a consumeristic society where everything's based off stuff. And so we do have stuff compared to the rest of the world, but let's take it easy on you. But maybe what you're really, at the end of the day, materialistic about, where sometimes greed hops in, is this image or perception that you want other people to have of you and that you've become fixated on or obsessed in a subtle way. In a subtle way. It hits all of us. Here's what I know. So just a couple of thoughts. Just a couple of thoughts. James is writing to them, and here's what you They were the most unself-aware people you've ever met. Dude, I honestly believe. Now, I don't work with students anymore, and I miss hanging out with you guys because you kept me young and hip. Now I'm just old and bald. But, But I work with a ton of married folks. Okay, so you in 10 years. Basically, still your same problems have just married and it doubled up now. You know what I'm saying? So here, here's the deal. I work with all kind of the married folks here at 12 Stone and outside in the community. I'm, I am in the greatest belief that the battle that most every one of us in this room and people deal with, including me at time, is that we're just not self-aware. We have a perception of us. <laughs> If we think we're something, we're just not. Here's what I would say. There's a lot of you in this room who think way less of yourself than everybody really thinks of you. And there's a whole lot of you in this room who think way more of yourself than everybody else thinks of you. Right? And so what I know is this church that James is writing to, I mean, I'm just guessing I haven't seen Anson in action during James, but James is a tough book and Anson's a tough guy. Not really. He's kind of a California guy, but he preaches tough and he is tough. I'm kidding. But I'm I'm guessing that he's been spitting and throwing stuff and sweating and doing his thing. You know what I mean? And so... And so, and here, it's not hard when you've got the book of James because the people James is writing to were just blind to their real sin, blind to who they really were. They would say one thing, but they lived this other deal, and so they were the most unself-aware thing. Here, here, here's a filter. When it comes to materialism, when it comes to greed, when it comes to us being about us, when it comes to this playing out in our life, here's the first thing. Just be aware of it. Be self-aware. Be self-aware, and let me explain what I say by that. Here's what I know. When you begin to justify everything you have, you're materialistic. Here's one. Uh, I was write it down. I got it real cheap. Man, that's unbelievable. How am I? Well, I got it real cheap. They're just saying it's a really cool thing. But when you begin to downplay something that you have because you feel guilty for having it, I got it real cheap, chances are it may have been something you're obsessed on and paid over for it. Or here's one. Well, my parents got it for me. I don't even know how much it cost. Oh, really? You don't? Okay. You can't go online and see how much it costs? No, I don't know. They just bought it for me. Really? You didn't ask them for it? Well, if you always have to have the new thing, the iPhone, the iTouch, the i la 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 and 3.0 and 5.0 and 7.0 and iTunes times 10 times 50, and everything that's new that Mac makes, you've got to have it materialistic. Okay, so that, that's the obvious stuff. 
But here's what's the not so obvious stuff. Here's what I love. Some of us will go, well, I don't shop at Abercrombie. But some of us are as obsessed with an image that we have that we'll spend five bucks at Salvation Army or five bucks at a thrift store. And we're as every bit as obsessed with the image that we're creating on this five bucks that we spent to buy these clothes that somebody who buys them for 50 bucks at Abercrombie is. Hello. So don't just think, well, they've got this, and I look at what I'm going to go. No. It's all of us are one time or the other. So just be self-aware. Just know that it's our tendency. It's my tendency. I'm raising my hand that I can lean into an image I want to create myself. I can lean into the fact that there's stuff that I want that I can justify that sometimes I don't always have to have it. And even though having stuff is not evil, and even though in having an image of yourself or being perceived something is not evil in and of itself, it's become when it ha- what happens is we become obsessed with what we don't have. We become obsessed with something that we want, whether it be stuff or some type of respect or some way of recognition that we don't yet have, and we become obsessed with it. So whether it's stuff or our self, materialism hits all of us. Materialism hits all of us. How much time and energy do you put into creating this image that you have lets you know if you're a person that's materialistic? Here's what's funny. Some of us, here's what I love about students, college students especially, for Pete's sake. We work hard to dress like we don't care. So actually we care about looking like we don't care, but we're not materialistic. Oh, no, you're not, you big rebel. Come on. I mean, seriously, you work hard to look like you care like you don't care. And then you go, oh, it's not me. I'm, a, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, it's me. And I'm, okay, okay. At the end of the day, all of us, at one time or the other, including me, would have to raise our hand. When you live in a society that's blessed like us, you'll always ride the line between materialism, greed, and being Christ-centered. And that's where these people were, and they were blind to it. And they were blind to it. Keep on going. Here's the second thing. It's the difference between belief and behavior because belief, they said, were one thing and behavior. Here's the thing. Know your tendencies. Here's what I know when you're leaning one way. Know when you're leaning into materialism. Know when you're leaning into greed. Know when you're leaning into gluttony. Know when you're trying to do something or spending energy or becoming obsessed with some image that you want or something that you want to have. Know what your tendency is. Here's what I mean by that. I know it's hard to believe, but for me... At one time, about 13 years ago, and this dude, Jacob, right here, you, ba- you graduated from Decula High School, go Falcons. Any other Decula people in here? Decula, God bless you, long live the Falcon. Now listen, listen, listen. This is, I graduated Decula before there was Mill Creek, I'm sorry. Collins Hill opened up my senior year, I know, and so none of the, this was a much smaller town, and Highway 20 wasn't four lanes, and the Mall of Georgia, I rode four-wheelers on, it was awesome. Because there was no Mall of Georgia there. You were all five. And okay, but all that to say, I actually, I, I played sports. And I was actually okay. I wasn't ever going to go to college to win some great award. But I played. I played uh, football. I played a position that uh, Aldry Crumpler, this is a little Falcon trivia for you, Blake. What position did Aldry Crumpler play for the Falcons? Who's the new, who's the new Falcons tight end? Tony Gonzalez, thank you, Blake. You lose. So, and uh, but I played the position tight end. Okay, here's the deal. 
Tight end basically meant this. I wasn't big enough to be a real lineman, but I wasn't fast enough to be a receiver. You played tight end, okay? That meant you played tight end. And here was the deal. I always had to block. It was like the plays came off my block. And here's the reality of the whole thing. I wasn't that good at blocking. The only way I could ever block the guys that were in front of me, because most of the time they were a lot bigger than me, was to get off the blocks, get off the line faster. So my tendency, hello, was to go before the quarterback said hut, before the ball was snapped. Now, I don't know if you're a football connoisseur or not, or if you follow the sport, but the ball has to move before you can move. That's the whole thing. It's something called offsides if you jump offsides or false start. Anybody ever heard of a false start? That's what it is. Okay, you're with me. Don't know. Okay, so uh, six games in a row my senior year. Six games in a row. If you go look in the uh, book at Decula High School. There used to be a thing, most penalties, they have like the records, most penalties in a row. Jason Britt held them for six games in a row, jumping off sides because I was trying to beat the guy. So that was my tendency. My coach would go, are you ever going to learn? It's your tendency. You jump off sides, you jump off sides, you jump off sides because I was trying to get one up, to get in front of them. Here's the deal. What is your tendency when it comes to when greed and materialism slip in, because here's the deal, they're in our society. They're all around, that, that, that culture and that perception and this image that you want and this popularity that you need, not from everybody, but just from your certain group of friends. And this personality thing that you're working for or this stuff that defines you, the stuff that you, when these things begin to seep in, What's your tendency? Because it looks different for all of us. We all have tendencies. Let me walk through a couple of them. Do you always want more stuff? Do you always find a reason not to be content in relationship with others or with the things that you have? Are you always whining to your parents? Not just about you want more, but just about your situation in life. You're whining. You're greedy. You're materialistic. It's about you. It's about the stuff that you have or the perception you want, and your parents are putting a crimp in your style. That's it. Keep moving. Are you someone who compares themselves and what you have to everybody else? To everybody else. Do you spend more time working on your image than you do working on the inside of you and the creator who has a relationship with you? Do you always have to have the new thing? Do you chronically think or question yourself? Are you someone who is reluctant to share? Do you quibble over insignificant things with other people? Listen to me, high schoolers, I'm going to say it again. Do you quibble, quibble, quibble over insignificant things with other people? No, not us. We're always 100% mature. Come on. I was 17 once. I was 15 once. Tendency. Will you, are you someone who won't let others forget what you've done for them? Materialistic. Are you reluctant to express gratitude? Materialistic. Are you fixated on your talent? What do you mean by that? Is the only thing that you want to be defined for is because you're some musician? Are you some athlete? Are, are you this good-looking person or you have this are you fixated on what you enjoy or what you're passionate about you should be ambitious you should be passionate but when you become fixated on, fixated on things it's become an obsession know your tendencies 
Somewhere in there, when these things begin to come out, know that it's for us to pull back and realize, wait a second, I'm becoming consumed. I'm becoming obsessed. It's where we step back and Christ takes the center. And then here's the last one. Here's what you need to know. When, it's, when materialism takes hold in your life, when this desire for stuff and this want for things is what drives us, even though none of us would ever go, yeah, that's me, that's me, and we don't readily admit that, and sometimes we work so it doesn't look like that we are, when that takes up residence, here's what happens. You become a manipulative person. The book of James, man, the, the, chapter 4 where Anson finished last week, manipulate, mani- one day we're going to do this and one day we'll do this and here's our big plan. Everybody go, man, what a great group of people. They're so on, they're so wonderful. One day we're going to do all these things, right? And what happens is this, when we become obsessed with stuff, when we become obsessed with things, when we become obsessed with something outside of ourselves, here's what happens. It, it, it becomes about the getting of or having of what we don't, ha- what we don't already have, relationships, friendships, parental, family, boyfriend, girlfriend, you name it, takes a back seat over what we're trying to achieve or get. It's subtle. We don't ever say it. We don't ever think it, but it just does. Here's what I mean by that. We're tempted to use and abuse friendships to get what we want. It's the get versus give mentality. Here's the question. In every relationship in your life, the friend sitting next to you, the significant other of your life, is it about what you can give them or what what you can get from them? So many times it's about what I can get. Ladies, hear me. Is the guy sitting next to you or that you'll be texting later on tonight, is it about what he can get from you or what he can give to you? Is is your parental relationship about what you can get from them for Pete's sake you're 16 and you live in their house or is it what you can give to them? And here's the reality. James says this. Look at what he says. He lays into him and goes this. The wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You've lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You've fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You've condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. Here's what James is saying. You've taken advantage time and time again for your own benefit, and it's going to get you. And it's going to get you. I sat last week with a couple in my office, and relationships that this man had used time and time and time again in his life to get things had caught up with him now because he wasn't giving love, he wasn't giving affection, he wasn't giving intimacy as a husband. All he expected was what he was getting from his wife, and sooner or later it caught up with him. And here's what I'm saying. If you as a 15-year-old, as you as a 17-year-old, you'll never think this, but this is what happens. If the relationships in your life are unconsciously about what you can get instead of what you can give, you're materialistic, and it will bite you. You will end up alone, and you'll end up with people looking at you going, I have been used and abused by this person time and time again. It's actually a spiritual issue. Jesus says this, 
what's the greatest commandment? These people ask Jesus. The people listen to a sermon. And he goes, well, love the Lord. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. When he said that, everything changed in the New Testament. Because now it was about the relationships that you have. It wasn't just about you and God. It was about you and the person sitting next to you. And when you ask this question, when I come up and ask this question to you and say this, how's your relationship with God? Well, it's good, you know. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. And I pray sometimes and I read sometimes. And I know I shouldn't do these things. Now, okay. You have to ask the question now, well, how's your relationship with your friend? How's your relationship with your parents? Because loving God is loving others, and loving others is loving God. And what happens is in a culture of manipulation, somewhere along the lines, you go, why can't I hear from God? Why have I lost connection with God? Because of your relationship with other people, it has nothing to do with God. You can write that down because that's good. Because at the end of the day, we always look up and go, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? Where's God? No, 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 no. How are you treating other people? It has everything to do with where's God? Manipulation. We don't even see it. It's become so much a part of us. And here's the last thing. Know this. What you glory in is what you trust in. And what I mean by that, what you value is what you put your trust in. If you value stuff, that means you trust stuff. If you value your image, it means you trust your image and your image will take you somewhere. If you value popularity, that means if you glory in your popularity, it means you think it'll actually get you somewhere. If you, if you glory in your boyfriend or girlfriend, you actually think that you'll end up with them one day, and so you'll do whatever. And what you glory in is what you live in. It's what you value. It's what you live. And at the end of the day, here, here's the deal. That's why when there's anything outside of Christ, which the church in Jerusalem that James is writing to, if it's anything outside of Christ, it's so empty. Here's what I know. The ultimate thing when it comes to materialism, listen, and we're done. Told you be quick. Is this. Here's what it says. When it's about what you need or your stuff or your image or your personality, here's what you're saying. Christ isn't enough. I believe this, but I behave this. No, 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 no. Christ is my Savior. Really? This is what your life is saying. I'm on my own. I have to pave the path that I want. That's what we're saying. That's what we say when it's stuff or when it's our image. There's a fear in us that either God won't take care of us, but here it is, here it is. Really, it's the fear that God won't take care of us the way or the style that we want him to take care of us. That's really the issue behind this thing. And when it comes to want and stuff and greed, it's not bad to have things. It's not bad to want to be liked. It's bad when it becomes an obsession and a driving force in the choices you make and the way that you think. Because there's an emptiness to it. And this church in James was the most empty, shallow people. This church that James is writing to, empty, shallow people, because they said they believed one thing. And James goes, but look at how you behave. And so here's what I say. Most of us would go, I'm not materialistic. Really, how do you behave? How's your life? How does that look? Be self-aware. I got to be. <laughs> know your tendencies. I know mine. When I begin to justify what I own, it means I'm guilty because I've got stuff that I really don't need and I'm just using for my own good and own satisfaction is doing nothing. When I begin to feel guilty like I have to justify something I own, that means I've overstepped the bounds and gone from being okay with having things to being obsessed with something. Know your tendencies. And last one is this. Understand, manipulation 
at the end of the day is the heartbeat behind materialism. When you begin to manipulate relationships in your life, you've become consumed and obsessed with what you don't have or what you want to get. And so you're using people to get there. What's your tendency? Be self-aware. Don't fool yourself. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for these students. Thank you for their, I know a lot of them, and I know a lot of them are passionately seeking you. There are those in here who don't know you. And God, I pray that they would hear this and know that there is an emptiness, there is a void to just being about the stuff they have or the image they create for themselves or the perception they want to live by. It is not about the person who spends 50 bucks at one store in the mall and a person who spends five bucks at a thrift store. That's not what makes us materialistic or not. It's a state of mind. It's the attitude of the heart. And so, God, I pray that we would hear this and that we would be self-aware. We would know that we all in a consumer society, high school students, college students, have the tendency, have the tendency to be materialistic and that we would know the symptoms in our life when it's beginning to rear its ugly head. And that we would find our sufficiency, our fullness in the God who came to rescue you, who came to rescue us. So all glory, honor, and praise be to you, for it's your name I pray. Amen.